you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the League Podcast. Openly fears Papa John. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, and Mark Sessler. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm doing, doing pretty good. How are you guys? Week 16, a busy week 16. Doesn't get, doesn't get much better. My favorite time of year. Um, Greg, I, I'm going to tee you up with this. Mm. One of the more underrated movies of the late 80s in terms of rom-com, Mr. Destiny. But, you know, the thing about wow. Destiny is... There's no such... You can't control Destiny. It's Destiny. And that's why this week, this year, the NFL has finally created the perfect playoff scenario for Week 17. Four teams alive. None of them control their own Destiny. It's just the NFL admitting, finally, we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know anything. No one controls their Destiny. It's true. It's exciting. The uh, the mystical barkeep in Mr. Destiny was played by Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> I was going to guess Brian Brown. That's close. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into it with these Destiny mongers across the NFL. And we start in Orchard Park where some weird happenings went down. Kyle Williams had two sacks as the Buffalo Bills set a single season record and put a dent into the Miami Dolphins playoff chances with a 19 nothing shutout win on Sunday afternoon. Mark, make some sense of this to me because the Dolphins coming off that great win against the Patriots, everything in the world to play for, Thad Lewis prominently involved, stink bomb. Well, and this is a team that's been swept by Thad Lewis this season. Mm. This Dolphins team... They're a playoff team except for when they're playing Thad Lewis. I don't think they're a playoff team in any way, shape, or form except for the fact that the bottom end of the AFC hopefuls are such a, a collection of wastoids. 
that <laughs> this is probably the team that will bounce in there if the, if the things go right. Miami, really, they came, right away they came out and just looked dead. They, they went 0 for 5 on third downs to start the game. They had something, to, I think it was 58 yards to 200 and something for the Bills at halftime. And you, I thought, I was telling you guys, this has the makings of Miami roaring back in the second half and proving that they got over whatever it was, made adjustments. None of that happened. They just they they couldn't get anything going. It was an ugly, ugly game. This is the grisliest box score since the Jaguars' first half of the season, which was a grizzly box score every week. Six first downs for the Dolphins in the entire game. They averaged two yards per play. Tannehill averaged three yards per pass, and they had 14 yards rushing as a team. That's about as bad an offensive performance as any team has had all year. I don't remember a team having as many rushing games under 25 yards as the Dolphins have had this year. I think that's at least five, maybe six. My takeaway, because I think Miami, let's say they're done. They, they have as today proved they have a lot of work to do in the offseason. I would not have a problem with rebooting this entire backfield. Well, this sums up how crazy today was. They had one of the worst offensive performances in the, of the year. Mark Sessler hates them. You know, wants nothing to do with him. They actually moved up in the playoffs. I don't hate if the them. season ended today. They don't the, play in a dome. The Miami Dolphins are in the playoffs. If all the teams, everyone needs help next week, but the Dolphins have the easiest path in out of all the number six seeds. Well, back the truck up. I don't hate them. <laughs> I, my point is that the that there's so much attention given to the six team that gets in, and this has the look of no matter what happens next week, Miami is just not. What we grew up watching in terms of playoff football on any mm. level, they're a, they're a disaster. And then the next week, they're gritty. You don't hate them, but you would admit that they are on the list of teams that annoy you. This list being longer than your child's Christmas list. It's getting long. <laughs> it's getting long because it's just the amount of tension heaped on mediocrity. Give, I, let's give the Bills' defense at least a little bit of credit. They were right? outstanding. I mean, two hundred yards rushing, two, and then the defense is dominated. Put them in Buffalo, and that's a top five defense. By the way, seven sacks for the Bills today. Right. Ryan Tannehill that obliterates the Dolphins' record, right, for sacks in a season. Well, for a and it sets a franchise record for the Bills as well. It shattered a franchise record. And one thing. You, there's so many times when we look at this, how will Bills, how will the Bills pass rush come up against Miami's r- r- bad offensive line? And a lot of times it doesn't pan out. This one, right from the start, you realized this is going to be a major issue. I know we don't want to spend 10 minutes on the Bills, but how about, uh, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of coaching candidates up for grabs, a lot of coaching jobs up for grabs. How about Mike Pettin? As a coaching candidate. I'm reading this book called Collision Low Crossers. Put it on your Christmas list if you're looking for a last-minute gift for the football fan. Because it's an instant classic. It's a great football book. And it makes Mike Pettin look like a future coach material. Look what he's done with Buffalo. And you started to think like he had a lot to do with those Jets defense. He was the Jets defensive coordinator for several years. And I didn't learn his last name wasn't pronounced Patini until about four (laughs) weeks ago. (laughs) True story. Uh, Logan Ryan had two interceptions. LeGarrette Blunt scored twice in the playoff-bound New England Patriots. Breezed past the Baltimore Ravens 41-7 on Sunday, ending the Ravens' four-game winning streak and diminishing the postseason hopes of the defending champs. Greg, here's another team. Uh, This was a situation where you had two teams that wanted the win, but the Ravens needed the win more than the Patriots needed it, and yet they don't even show up. Please make sense of it. It was... 
not an easy game to make sense of. The Baltimore Ravens outscored, I mean, outgained the Ra- the Patriots in this game, and they lost forty-one to seven. The Patriots were very efficient in the first half. They got ahead twenty to nothing. Tom Brady was throwing bullets. They ran the ball very well. Legarrette Blunt's been a factor for this team. The Ravens' offense has been bad all season, and they have a very small margin for error. It is a crime that they were held scoreless through three quarters against this Patriots defense. Well, I thought that Joe Flacco, who we would never mistake as a mobile quarterback, but he is he is uh, different today when he was essentially just stationed behind center. And New England just kept pushing him and attacking him right up the middle. And that's not a good interior line for the, for the Ravens. And it affected them. Flacco well, how is Flacco get- even moving? Well, he couldn't. I mean, he couldn't yeah. escape and get out of the pocket. And I thought it changed their offense a little bit. He, he wasn't moving well. He wasn't as accurate. So maybe the injury was a factor. Let's also give a little credit to the new AFC East champion Patriots for the fifth straight year. Uh, There's a lot of records. That fifth it, or 50th. Fifth yeah. straight, 10 out of 11. <laughs> you know, it's been a tough road Pat- for you, Greg. Wesseling said they're not even remotely Super Bowl contenders, but they can drop 41 to 7. A lot of records have been broken this year. Another record was broken today. The largest margin of victory in a hero pick game. 41 to 7. Keep giving me the Wait, Patriots hero picks. These? Keeps giving me the How Patriots hero that? picks. Greg He's out, out of his chair, chair. Yeah, yeah. what an underdog tale the Patriots have been this year. (laughs) If I have to read one more thing, like Tom Brady, like, listen, all these division titles, they're all meaningful, but this one's special. Shut up. (laughs) I was all prepared to issue an apology saying how much I underrated the Patriots, and then Greg told me that uh, don't issue that apology until I watch this game during the week because they weren't all that impressive. Yeah, it wasn't as great as the score indicated. It was a solid victory, but they put up three touchdowns in the last two minutes in garbage time. So are the Ravens where, – where are the Ravens now in terms of the playoff scheme? They, well, like everyone, they need to win in – but the difference is they need win and help, but the difference is they have to go to Cincinnati and win, and Cincinnati is playing for a potential bye, so they're going to be playing hard. That's a tough one. They need uh, to win, and they also need the Dolphins to lose. Speaking of Cincinnati, Andy Dalton threw four touchdown passes, and the Bengals pulled away with a 42-14 victory over the Minnesota Vikings, who Seemed sneaky, or they were they were a little frisky the last few weeks. This does not sound like a frisky performance. Wes, I ask you, time to recalibrate the entire AD scale. Yes or no? No, no. Uh, he's still don't know. He's uh, Peyton Manning at home and Eli Manning on the road. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. The so Bengals you- are one of three teams in NFL history to score forty points in four consecutive home games. Joining the 2,000 Rams and I believe the 51 Lions. Wow. That's an amazing stat. They have been dominant at home. They haven't lost yet. I don't give the Ravens any chance of beating them next week because the Bengals are that good at home. Hmm. And the Ravens just made my list of teams that Mark is annoyed at. (laughs) (laughs) And the Bengals are set up if they can win that game to get the three seed most likely and play whatever team it is that slips into the playoffs in the AFC. The Bengals, uh, underrated home team. They remain, remain perfect at home. And to Wes's point, in the past four games at Paul Brown Stadium, Paul Brown Stadium right there. Yes. No, 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 Mike Brown no would not allow ties. any corporate, corporatization of that name. In Dalton's past four games in that facility, he's thrown for five, three, three, and four touchdowns. He's Peyton Manning at home. Do we believe in him, though? No. 
No, I, I said if the Steelers somehow made it into the playoffs and played against the Bengals, of course I would pick Big Ben over Dalton in a playoff game. Yeah, I'm still not convinced that on the wrong day, Cincinnati isn't the third best team in this division. Hmm. I can't give the Ravens any credit whatsoever for, after what they did For all the talk today. you're saying there's no good teams in the AFC, there's a decent chance, this is weird, but five teams in the AFC could win 11 games or more. Isn't that crazy? They're, they're good for one week, and then the next week they look like an abomination. Le'Veon Bell scored a one-yard touchdown with 128 to play, and the Pittsburgh Steelers withstood a Packers' last throw into the end zone, dealing Green, Green Bay's playoff hopes. What seemed to be a possible death blow, a 38-31 win uh, on Sunday for the Steelers. Um, this is a wild game. A lot of a lot of things. A lot of things happening. The the Steelers seem to have it locked up, and then uh, the Packers got a big uh, kickoff return that put them back in business, and then they failed on the last play of the game. Um, the Steelers, the biggest risk for us and the fork committee mm. is now the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still need a lot of things to work in their uh, corner. They need to win next week over the Cleveland Browns, which probably is a pretty safe bet. And then they need everyone else to lose. Uh, that would be, Greg, the Chargers. The Dolphins, Dolphins and, the Ravens and the Ravens would all have to lose. And if those four things happen, one of the craziest scenarios that we we put it on the site last week actually the most you know crazy scenarios you could come up with and they made it through this week they got the win they got the two losses they needed it's it, starting to look feasible yeah it's very feasible the jets could go into miami and knock off the dolphins right that would not surprise me at all no nope. the ravens aren't going to win in cincinnati i'm convinced of that and it depends on if the chiefs rest their starters or not the chiefs have to beat the chargers right that that, to me, is the key one. That can happen, and Cleveland will get waxed next week in Pittsburgh. It's interesting how it sets up <laughs> with the times of the games, too, because the Chargers are either going to get eliminated early, or they could be lining up at 425 Eastern knowing winning in. Chargers, that would be exciting. Yeah, and by the way, and, and don't let Greg get away with this. Us yeah. in this room, uh-huh. or listeners, or the NFL, he will send a four-digit check uh, to mm. four digits. I like <laughs> four that. Numbers. The decimal? Four figures. Decimal. No, the de- the comma does not count. I believe it's to the what the Symbionese Liberation Front of East- <laughs> Eastern Pittsburgh. That's one of the candidates. Oh, that's good. Greg did make the promise. If we did get anything wrong in the stick a fork series, first of all, the series would become defunct, which would be devastating. But more importantly. Greg would need to take out his checkbook, as he's told us many, many times before. He <laughs> did it last year. He did it last year out of the goodness of his heart. He's going to have to do it again. Greg. If you love this series, <laughs> you know, root against the Steelers next week because this is it. I'm not messing around. There's no. Yeah, but if you love charities, you would root for the Steelers. And then on the other side of the ball here, the Packers, um, they, got the, they got the help they needed from the Chicago Bears, who. Um, Basically pulled a no-show in Philly, even though Philly didn't have anything to play for. And that sets it up now where the Packers are alive going into Week 17. Despite being 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, they have a chance to play for the NFC North. Two interesting things to, uh, or two injury tidbits to point out, though. Clay Matthews suffered a thumb injury. Uh, it's the same thumb that, that set him back earlier in the season that he had surgery on, so who knows what his status is right now. And Eddie Lacy re-injured his ankle. So if those two guys, and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but if those two guys cannot play next week, and who knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, 
they it might be a really uphill battle for the Packers still to make a playoff bid. Aaron Rodgers one pick six in eighty six career starts. The Packers have three pick sixes since his injury in Week Nine. Wow, Flynn does give you the feeling, if especially if Lacey's back, that. I don't totally give this game to Chicago next week, and we'll talk about it during the week, but at least they've done something offensively the last few weeks that you feel like maybe they'd have a chance. They have to be right up there in the top (laughs) three most interesting teams of the last two weeks. Their last two games have been crazy. Yeah. That defense, though, is a disaster. Packers' chances of winning with Matt Flynn versus Aaron Rodgers' chances of playing again in 2013. (laughs) Which one's higher? Push. Mm. Push sounds right. I'm going to say whatever the first one is because <laughs> I just have a gut feeling, and we don't know, but I feel like if Rodgers hasn't played by now, the odds on him playing again are slim. We talked but about this do downstairs. What do I know? To me, it's like a concussion. It doesn't matter what Rodgers wants. It doesn't matter what the Packers wants. It matters totally what that doctor sees on the scan. Right. And until he sees it healed, Rodgers can't play. The Packers lost. The Bears lost. It was all, it was all there for the Lions. Is it time to get Kevin Patra on the phone? Kevin, are you there? I am here. Josh Brown's 45-yard field goal on the third drive of overtime lifted the New York Giants to a 23-20 win over the Lions on Sunday. The loss eliminates Detroit from postseason contention. Uh, Of course, that is three consecutive losses in December for the Lions, who are history. Mm. Patra, your thoughts? Um, what can you say? They had it, they had it in the bag and, um, Matt Stafford threw a pick six, uh, and they had Green Bay losing at the time. They, looks like they could have, uh, had it, had their, uh, destiny in their own hands, right? Mr. Destiny. Mr. Destiny in their own hands. And they, they didn't, they couldn't get a stop at the end of the game on fourth down, fourth and seven. Uh, this is the, the Lions who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Patrick, tell me if this dro- drove you as crazy as it drove me. All right, let's go. Let's let's go back in time when the Lions had that wild win to beat the Cowboys. When they had had to go on that miracle drive, I don't remember the specifics, but they needed a touchdown in less than a minute to play. They got it. Mm-hmm. Tie game here. This is a team that, again, I'll remind you, has Matthew Stafford one of the best arms in football, if not the best. Calvin Johnson, arguably one of the top five wide receivers to ever play the game in his prime. 23 seconds to play in the game. Two timeouts. Jim Schwartz, the soon-to-be-departed Jim Schwartz, takes the air out of the ball. What? You play scared. You deserve to lose. I don't disagree. You give Matthew Stafford $75 million, and then you take the ball out of his hands at the end of the game. It's ridiculous. And him yelling at the fans for booing at that time, which you can see, Clearly yelling at the fans is ridiculous. It sounds like a man who knows he's on his way out. Uh, it, it just does. It boggles the mind. It, I know that Megatron was hurt most of the game. He, he couldn't perform well. He's been dealing with a knee and an ankle injury. But still, you still have some makers take one shot and then run the ball out. I don't understand not giving. You, I don't know how you don't trust a strong-arm quarterback that you've paid so much money to. Give him one shot with the game tied. The, the, now, the worst thing they do is it's a punt and they intercept it, and then they get the ball at the 30-yard line, and then they kneel, and you go to overtime why anyway. Do, why do we always blame the coaches? I mean, they had six drives to end the game that didn't straight, that didn't end, gain more than 10 yards. So, you know, it's too bad they weren't aggressive there, but they had six drives with that offense against the Giants. 
that didn't gain more than 10 yards in a row. This, this is it's insane. If one yeah. of the themes of today is the teams that get on each other's nerves, the Lions get on my nerves because – and Reggie Bush is the face of this. The Reggie Bush hype train is continues to roll. This guy, he was supposed to set all these records. The only record he set, he's, he fumbled for the fourth time uh, this season, a career high. He was kind of sulking on the sideline. Fox cameras had the ca- camera trained on him. And then Joyke Bell was the bell cow guy for the rest of the day. I mean, that's, that's the lines in a nutshell. All this talent, they have no idea what to do with it. I don't know. I will defend the decision to, to run Joyke Bell. He was running over the Giants' defense, and Bush wasn't really gaining many yards up the middle. I, I, in, that, in that case, the fumble is what everyone will, will uh, focus on, but I don't necessarily disagree Bo- Bell was just running over through tackles that game, the so, whole game. So what's next for the Lions, in your opinion? In my opinion, they clean house with the coaching staff. I think they need to bring somebody in who can help get Matt Stafford to the next level. You didn't pay him all that money uh, to not progress, and he's regressed in the last several weeks from what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, we, we talked about his progress in the first half of the year. In the last eight games, I believe it is, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, mm-hmm. and a completion percentage under 55. So if you reversed, if he had that to start out the year, he would have been the subject of so many articles of how much he's struggling. So a great first half, and he struggles down the stretch. Kurt Warner said he has the worst f- fundamentals in the NFL. I think most fans believe that, and Jim Schwartz defends him every single week on the throwing sidearm thing, his release point. They never criticize him. They never work with him to eliminate that. I think that's like the one major thing why you need a new coaching staff. Agreed. Sorry, Kevin. 100%. It's kind of a downer here. Sorry, Kev. But you know what? You're, you're near home. You're, the holidays are here. You're healthy. Things Lions, could be worse, right? The Lions blow, blew it in a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a perfect situation where they could have made some ground. It's, it's, everything's back to, to normal. Everything's back to normal. <laughs> All right. it's, a, it's the traditions of Christmas. It's great. Merry yeah. Christmas, Kevin Patra. It wouldn't be without it. All right, man. See you later. I appreciate it. All right. It's almost like he didn't want to get off the phone. He just wanted to keep talking about it, and that <laughs> would take him through a very difficult time in his life. It's like being on the couch in your therapist's office. Yeah, K, uh, K. Rich behind the glass. Did you notice that? I did, but you know, who would not want to be in a room full of heroes? <laughs> so, you know, just saying. That's a good point. So, obviously, Patra has his leanings with the Lions. Chris Wessling, while he renounced himself as a Bengals fan, he, he definitely was high on rooting against a certain team. That was the Oakland Raiders. Phillip Rivers threw a go-ahead four-yard touchdown pass to Keenan Allen, and the Chargers stayed alive in the playoff race by knocking off the Oakland Raiders 26-13. That is the 11th loss for the Raiders, correct? That's correct. And that means it has been clinched. Chris Wessling, you will not be eating your softball pants. I feel like there's a celebration in effect tonight. I might have to break out the champagne a few <laughs> days early. <laughs> just, just one more time, guys. Yeah. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pants? And that, nope. could, that could be, yes, definitively <laughs> answered. Nope. Softball pants are safe. <laughs> I know everyone was looking forward to that. Maybe, yeah. maybe just with that champagne, just... Take a nibble. <laughs> See what it's like. I don't have you to. You know, they got more wins than you thought. I don't know. What about next year? Well, can we come up with something to keep the softball pants? Or have you tempted fate enough in the softball I pants? I feel like I've tempted fate enough, but <laughs> what's going to stop me in the heat of the moment from just, you know, loudly proclaiming, oh, if that happens, I'll eat my softball pants. I mean, sometimes I can't just 
I just can't shut my big mouth. I think we have to be, as a group, glad that this didn't happen because, you know, I was thinking about this the other night. If we actually had a, a regular-sized human like Chris Wessling yes. here eat what was 13 or 14 meters of fabric, yes. it would have... He would have died. He surely would have perished. But he would think have been gone. of the ratings. That would get so many views. People would download. Crystal, you were rooting. But Greg, it. we don't put ratings over hum- the human life of our <laughs> we friends. We could have seen. Crystal was really <laughs> excited think, to cook. I think that's so funny that, you that we're like, oh, but Wesley might go to the hospital. But Greg's like, but think of the ratings. <laughs> Honestly, I was hoping that he would eat his softball pants, too. And yeah. I was hoping that we would do it in a safe way. You know, I wasn't rooting for him to eat the zipper, although other people in this room were. Mark mm-hmm. Sessler? No, no, no. I had been saying for weeks that the zipper was out of play. But we also lost Greg's wife as a cook. And that, to me, that turned ugly. Then we lost our <laughs> compass. Yeah. Right? It's true. I could see Crystal's eyes just lighting up, though, when she found out my wife was not really interested in participating in the cooking of the softball pan. Crystal just was ready to swoop in. She was... Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so- softball pants, uh, soul food style. Would I would have tried that potentially? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring out the softball pants from my bottom drawer. I wore them when we won the championship last week. That was put them away for the yeah. for the winter. Congratulations! Bringing them back out tonight. Put my arm around them. Have a little champagne. <laughs> We're gonna go. celebrate. There you go. Um, in real life football news, by the way, the Chargers <laughs> with the win. That's their first three game winning streak of the season. They and they also got help, obviously. Uh, from Buffalo and beating the Dolphins and the Patriots who beat the Ravens. The Chargers still alive for a playoff spot. Get excited, Southern California. And you made the case for the realistic scenario for the Steelers. I I like that Chargers scenario. They need the win, and they need the Ravens and the Dolphins to lose, and they're in, and that'd be fun. Phillip Rivers going to Cincinnati or something like that. Get your bolo tie on. I'll be happy if either the Chargers (laughs) or the Steelers are in the playoffs. I'd much rather watch those teams than the Ravens or Dolphins. And uh, how about our boy Ryan Matthews? Well, he came in one yard shy of becoming the first running back with six 100-yard g- games this year. And he's averaging 30 touches a game the past three weeks. He's carrying that offense Did right I see now. a tweet that his, he was in a walking boot after the game? He was. He was. Should yes. we be worried about that? We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, see, that's the way life is. You can't get too worked up about what you don't know. <laughs> Just enjoy what you exactly. do now. It's, All right. I like that. Don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, we should write a book about that. <clears throat> yeah, we should. Uh, Cam Newton threw a 14-yard touchdown pass to Dominic Hickson with 23 seconds to play, lifting the Carolina Panthers to a 17-13 win over the New Orleans Saints, uh, clinching Carolina's first playoff berth since 2008. The Panthers can now wrap up the NFC South and a first-round bye in the playoffs with a win next Sunday at Atlanta. Greg? This is a big win for the official ATL team of 2013. That's an understatement. You dig in on it. This was, you know, the biggest win for the Panthers, I believe, since their Super Bowl run. I thought it was the biggest moment in Cam Newton's career. And everyone always gets over. They talk too much about, oh, can he do it in the clutch? Can he do it in the big moments? And this was the type of game if Tom Brady did it, People would be writing about it like he is the most clutch god in the universe because Cam Newton had one of his worst games of the year, but he got the ball back with just under a minute to go. They hadn't done anything the entire game. 32 seconds later, he's in the end zone after three beautiful passes that not too many quarterbacks could have pulled off. So whatever you want to call that, 
I mean, it's about as good as it gets, and the Panthers just need to win next week in Atlanta. Not a total gimme, and they get a bye in the playoffs, and they win the division. The knock on Cam Newton, his first two years in the league, was that he couldn't win close games. He had only two game-winning drives in his first two years combined. He has four this year. Hmm. So either he's become clutch, with his team, which his teammates and coaches have said, that he's quarterbacking differently with the game on the line. He looks more confident. He's a leader now. He's not throwing the ball away. He's actually playing smarter with the game on the line. So maybe there is something to that. Well, he also got helped out because the four drives before that, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Sean Payton gets the ball back with over two minutes to go, and he calls three straight runs into the line. He does not give Drew Brees one chance Coward. to throw the ball, to get a first down, to win the game. You have Drew Brees back there. The same exact thing happened in the Patriots game, and it came back to bite them. He decided to not take a chance, not let Drew Brees throw the ball one time. He just wanted to get rid of the Panthers' timeouts, take time off the clock, and they this lost because the of it. This is the onside kick in the Super Bowl, Sean Payton. He had an onside kick in this game. He Did a, he give any reasoning for this? The way their defense was playing at that point, he just thought getting the ball to Carolina with that little time on the clock would be enough. But they had good field position. It wasn't a good punt. Uh, he just thought a minute left that their defense would win it for him, basically. What about Luke Keekley in this game? He was unbelievable. First, was it 24 tackles or something like that? First player since Derek Brooks in over a decade with 20-plus <laughs> tackles and an interception. There was so much going on in this game, even though it was low scoring. Steve Smith got injured. Kenny Vaccaro looks like he's out for the year with a broken ankle. That's a big loss. Smith missed most of the game with a non-contact knee injury, which is, is not a good sign. Keekley had one of the defensive games of the year, an unbelievable interception. All those tackles. Thomas Davis had a great interception. It was really those two linebackers, I think, kind of making a stand. It was really all about those two guys. I think if Steve Smith just does a little ice up, son, he should be all right. <laughs> and the Saints are just, we're not, they're not a January player, well, right? Can't I know we they'd... be happy that the Panthers, I mean, we're getting the better team hmm. as the bye team here. I guess. I mean, right? I think these are two pretty even teams. The Saints just whacked them. They actually had, you know, a few weeks ago, the Saints had 20 first downs in this game. The Panthers had 10. They really controlled the game. The New Orleans Saints made a lot of errors that kept it closer than it should have been. Here's the thing, though. You talk about, one. let's say, in theory, one of these teams has to go to Seattle. NFC Championship. I want to see Carolina take its shot. Oh, yeah. We already saw New Orleans try to take their shot. If, oh, yeah. If, yeah if you, and who knows even if Seattle is in that building for that game or if they're even in that game at this point. But um, if, there is, if you have to choose between the Niners, the Saints, and the Panthers to win that game in the NFC title game on the road. Saints are the first one you throw out. So yeah. probably won't have Let to worry about that. Let the record show around week six, we were talking playoff scenarios, and I told Greg, I hope the Saints get in on the wild card because the Panthers are winning that division. Nice. You did. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, the Saints, they might not even get in with the wild card. It is not clinched. They have to win next week to get into the playoffs. Let's move on. Carson Palmer overcame four interceptions to throw a 31-yard touchdown to Michael Floyd with 2.13 to play. And the Arizona Cardinals kept their playoff hopes alive with a stunning, I'll say stunning, 17-10 win over the Seahawks on Sunday. Where, Wes? At Seattle. Century Link Field. <laughs> Boom. The clink. Snapping the Seahawks' 14-game winning streak in, at home in that building. Uh... Wes, this is this is one of the more impressive 
road performances by any team or the most impressive this season, right? You called it stunning. We should mention it's stunning to everyone except Dave Damashek, mm. who predicted oh, he did. this. Yes. Yes, David. La la. Carson Palmer. La and la. One of only two quarterbacks in the last three years to win a game with four interceptions. Seahawks secondary played great. Cardinals defense played even better. Russell Wilson had the worst QBR of his career, the lowest yards per attempt figure of his career, lowest passer rating of his season. He was pressured as he has been all season, did not react well to the pressure, was not accurate. By the beginning of the fourth quarter, John Ryan, the punter, had as many punts as Russell Wilson had completions. Well, it doesn't matter, though, because they're already in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, so <laughs> I mean, Seahawks, there's no way anyone could possibly go into Seattle and win a game. That's impossible. Well, you know it's what over. is sad is that we very easily could see Arizona watching the playoffs from home while we're treated to a team like Dallas getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Outrageous! I just this is the whole. They hold. They, <laughs> oh, I would love that. You be need fun. to reseed this entire thing because Arizona is an, is as good as anyone right now this, outside of Seattle in the NFC. That's wrongheaded thinking. Do you know why? By the way, because the Dallas Cowboys, if they ever, and they're going to lose next Sunday night, let's face it. But if they ever made it to the playoffs, how would they not play some great game that went down to the last play and was lost in stunning? devastating fashion. That's fun football. I would like to see the Cowboys in the playoffs. We're different, though. I, I don't want to see a <laughs> mediocre 8-8 eight and eight team get into the playoffs. I would like to reseed it, and everyone, division winners get in, but the wild cards open it up by conference so that the Cardinals get in over one of these AFC teams. How about that? I'll buy that. Hmm. I like that. It, it is unfair. Imagine if they win this game and then they beat the 49ers next week. There's still a good chance they won't make the playoffs. Well, it's ugly. There's no better argument for saying we're ready to get into the postseason than knocking off Seattle and the Niners if they do that. Come on. Yeah, it'll be it'll be heartbreaking to keep them out of the playoffs if they beat Seattle and San Francisco back to back. They're a top eight team, I think, right now. But back to back coach it, of the year. Sometimes candidate. you don't know which tiebreakers are going to get you. In that New Orleans Arizona game way back, I think in week five or six is probably what's going to take Arizona out. The Seahawks have one of the craziest stats I've ever heard in football. Their punt returns. They had, they had given up nineteen total punt return yards entering this game. Patrick Peterson had six yards on nine returns. Mm. That's a quarter of the punt returns. <laughs> That's a big day. Yeah, it's a quarter <laughs> of the yards allowed by the Seahawks punts all year. That's incredible. That's an amazing stat. Peyton Manning has regained his NFL record for touchdown passes with 51, and the Denver Broncos have clinched the AFC West. Manning threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, including three in the final fourth quarter to pass. Tom Brady, that's Greg's boy, Tom Brady, 50 touchdown passes that he <laughs> threw in 2007. Um, from a game standpoint, the Broncos won 37-13 over the Texans, uh, extending Houston's franchise record losing streak to 13 games. Wes, Peyton Manning, uh, what can you say about the guy at this point? I mean, what a season. I thought the way this game went and the way he broke the record was just perfectly summed up what the Broncos are this year. They struggled the whole third quarter. Uh, Peyton Manning got hit too many times. The Texans' defensive front was getting to him. They couldn't move the ball. And then you just see that onslaught that the Broncos have done all year where they have three touchdowns in like eight or nine minutes, and you can't stop it. So they just it seems like there's so many stops and starts with them, but when they turn it on, nobody can stop them. 
I liked in this game that here on the West Coast, the uh, early games begin at 10 a.m. And around 10.04, Greg was up out of his chair calling this uh, the Matt Schaub Christmas special <laughs> and how it was going to be an upset. And by around 10.11, mm. I never heard another word about that. <laughs> Schaub was terrible. That was a big Rosenthal talking point this week. Oh, I just thought it would be glorious. <laughs> I mean, how exciting it would be to see that. Poor man with the receding hairline gets him. <laughs> if the fourth, if the third and fourth quarters perfectly <laughs> sum up the Broncos' offense, one play summed up Matt Schaub. It was a boot action that you always see in the Texans' offense. He's got all day to throw, and he throws it sideways, hangs Greg Jones out to dry, throws to his fullback on a play where if he didn't hang the fullback out, the fullback out to dry, would have gone for three yards. <laughs> With all day to throw. Uh, this is who my job is now. He's a machine. It, it, it's funny that this record <laughs> did not – it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it didn't get played up that much relatively because there's so much crazy stuff. We've talked about it all day. Like, this wasn't our lead story. This was just like, okay, he broke the all-time Well, isn't record. the reason for that because I think it got a lot of attention when in around week six you realized, wait, he's on pace to do everything. Yeah. And he stayed on pace. And so, okay, now – he did well, what yeah, we but thought paces he'd... are whether it's football or baseball with home run chases. Paces are that's a fun part of the whole exercise. I, I just think, that, and Wes made a good point. Someone's going to come and break it next year. Yeah, I think that's just the way offense mm. is now. We just expect records to go down, and they can break the points record too, right? They need 18 points next week to break the points record, and Peyton Manning needs 265 yards to break the yards record. And they play the Raiders next week, and they move the Patriots game. This is interesting to the late afternoon, so that the number one seed would be on the line in the late afternoon. So Denver has to play to win. They can't sit Manning. They have to win that game against the Raiders to get home field advantage. Kudos, schedule maker. Good job. Yeah. And you know what my, my thoughts on it is? Because I agree that the 51 didn't get played up enough today or the build-up to it. I think collectively, as NFL fans, we don't appreciate Peyton Manning as much as oh, we should. Oh, come on. We really don't. This What this guy did at this stage of his career is outrageous, and there should be a bigger deal being made of it, but I think it goes back to Peyton needs to get the second ring, and until that, everything in the eyes Peyton of a lot of people rings hollow. Most, all, he, more, he has all more fans than any player in the league. I think he gets exactly the credit he deserves. He probably gets too much blame, but he gets a lot of credit. And the record is not 40 years old. It's right. it's, just, it's a, re- a record that any football fan remembers being set very recently. Let's be honest. Records are for baseball. No one cares about stats and records yeah. in football. It's, it's, just not, it's just not what people are into. They're not held up as sacred like baseball is. That's true. And one interesting thing, if you want to like just try to wrap your head around this, it's considered great, like on a quarterback throw. It's not great, but it's a nice season to throw 25 touchdowns in a season. If you combine two seasons of Manning's career, 2004 and 2013, he's throwing 100 touchdown passes. Good he's stat, all right. Dan. He's pretty good. Eh, it's not that great a stat, but it's just it's like kind of like guys <laughs> oh, throwing a lot of touchdown it's passes. It's interesting. He has two of the three greatest passing seasons in NFL history. He's got I, a future. You know, I just get ex- excited about this kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe I just, I'm just a boy who loves the game. Well, when I said, <laughs> when I said this record will probably be broken next year, Greg made a good point. Manning will probably break it himself again next year. Every, it, well, they'll have to franchise tag Decker or sign him to a long-term deal. But everyone else is coming back. Let's hope Wes Welker comes so back. So you're saying that Matt Schaub quarterbacking the Jets will not break the record? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to see him. He's in the he's in the visor and clipboard stage of his career. Just just let him go. 
Andrew Luck threw for 241 yards and a touchdown as the Indianapolis Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs 23-7 on Sunday in a potential preview of the AFC wildcard playoff game. You know what? It, I think Kevin Patrick's still in line. He's still there, Kev? Still listening to <laughs> Wow. What a fan. So true or not, like you didn't know if you were still on the show still, so you just figured, hey, this is a great podcast. I'm going to listen. Yeah, I was just listening. <laughs> just catching up early. <laughs> I told you. Peak. Wait a second. I, I said this earlier that it didn't sound like Kevin wanted to get off the phone because he had gone oh. through such a traumatic experience. You're right. So Kevin, he heard us. Making fun of him like being on a psychiatrist's couch? We're here to support you, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I heard every word. Except Kevin, for when we talk behind your back. The dulcet sounds of your voice like everything all right. <laughs> Kevin, you could stay on as long as you want, and then after the podcast, if you want to call me, bud, you got all right. me. Uh, so let's talk about this game, Kevin. I know you watch this one closely. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about it on Friday. Uh, you know, at least I, my opinion was that if the Colts needed some type of signature road win, um, and going into KC and getting a win, that's pretty good, right? They did get it. Andrew Luck looked very good. Pep Hamilton kind of took the wheels off uh, in the second quarter. They had two, three and outs to start the game, and then he just kind of let Andrew Luck throw the ball. He went uh, at one point. He went ten consecutive uh, downs with an attempted pass, accounting one that was called back for holding. So officially nine attempted passes in a row. Um, and their offense just moved the ball. It's much better when they let him let him throw the ball. Uh, Donald Brown had a, a nice catch and run on a great play design by Pep Hamilton. For a touchdown, and he had one 51-yard run. Other than that, the ground game didn't really do much. Trent Richardson is who we thought he was. He's the same, get two yards and fall down. Um, and the, the Chiefs' defense just did, they didn't come to play again. Uh, they didn't have a pass rush against a very average to mediocre Colts offensive line that was reshuffled this week. They couldn't get in Luck's face very much. They had a couple drives where they did in the second quarter, but other than that, he had all day to throw, and he picked them apart. Here's the thing Kirk that Whalen had 80 yards. I mean, here's the thing that scares you if you're a Chiefs fan. Yes, the defense has been inconsistent for weeks now, and then you had a, the game like Alex Smith had today. You wonder what happens, or if it's going to happen in January. He threw for 153 yards, lost the fumble, threw two interceptions. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to trust Alex Smith in a big spot this season. What about you, Kevin? It's tough because we were just praising him last this past week, finally getting on board. And then he comes in out and has one of these games where he's just check down, check down, check down. And when he tried to go along, he honestly didn't have time. They had guys in his face. Robert Mathis had one play where he knocked the ball out of Alex Smith's hand and it was intercepted, even though I would argue that it was a forward fumble for, that was caught in, the, in midair. Um, but Jamal Charles, they, they went bang, bang, four plays. That he, he had a 33-yard touchdown run. And after that, they didn't do anything. They, had, they, went, they didn't have over five plays on a drive until two minutes left in the first half. This was the Colts' first truly impressive game in two months. Hmm. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Pep Hamilton has finally done what we've been begging him to do all year. Put the put the game in Andrew Luck's hands, not the running game. Lose that power <laughs> running scheme. Seriously, Andrew Luck is, <laughs> is your franchise. He's your best player. Put the game in his hands like the Patriots do with Brady and the Broncos do with Manny. Put it in Griff Whalen's hands. You know, Andrew Luck can make him a player. If you want to extend the Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, I mean, making pretty decently average receivers do pretty well, leading them into passes, making great throws. Uh, the Chiefs had some busted coverages, but he spread the ball around really well today. Griff Whalen is the new Blair White. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Blair White reference. <laughs> Austin Collie compared as well. 
I don't know what to make of this Colts team, but of all the AFC teams that are so up and down, I think they're the one team that has the profile of a Ravens or Giants or Cardinals that went to the Super Bowl and totally shocked people just because they have a quarterback and they have some surprising wins and they have a good coach and they just there's something that it wouldn't they're the one team out of that of that four bottom teams in the AFC that I think could surprise people. Especially after this win. This was the one that tells you, okay, maybe they are a little friskier than they're letting on. Statement game? Mm, yes. I don't think you're going to. Oh. Ding! No. Dan's the official committee. <laughs> one man statement committee. <laughs> Nate Washington scored on a 30-yard reception in the fourth quarter, and Tennessee got a much-needed defensive stop late, and the Titans ended a three-game losing streak with a 2016 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Kevin Patra, I know you... you kept a close eye on this game uh do you have anything else to add or can we just move on uh you could probably move on i wouldn't put this i was i was mike munchak i wouldn't send this uh, game film to my uh, ownership mm. put it that way. <laughs> but it might be the last one he ever won. has as a head coach perhaps even though they won I, I didn't they didn't do much they had they had a good power running team in the second half but the first half was still with terrible errors and uh the jags chad henny moved the ball pretty well on him one in seven record for the Jaguars at home. That's not good, uh, Kevin. Excited. So if you want to, if you want to stay on the line, you could do it, buddy. But if you want to go go to sleep now, you can do that too. I never sleep. I love to listen to you guys. <laughs> love it, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Patrick, coming at you. Huge fan of the Galleon Quartet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might want to stay on the line for this because. Uh, this is my favorite read of the day. Geno Smith threw two touchdown passes to David Nelson and ran for another score as the New York Jets topped the Cleveland Browns, Mark Sessler's boyhood team, 24-13 on Sunday in New York's home finale and possibly Rex Ryan's home finale as the Jets head coach. He ran around slapping, high-fiving uh, Jets fans on his way to the locker room tunnel. Of course, before the game, it was reported, and it's been... Um, Backed up by other media outlets now that Rex had talked to his team the day before this game and said that uh, word on the street, which had been getting phased out of cultural vernacular, so it's good <laughs> that word on the street's back, was that he was going to be fired. Motivational ploy, it sounds classic Rex, but he could also be shown the door. But who cares about any of that? Mark Sessler and I had a big bet. The winner of this game would get to dress the loser. So Mark Sessler will wear a Tim Tebow official Jets jersey tucked into jeans all next Sunday for probably about 12 hours. You are a factory of sadness! Look, I look forward to this because... (laughs) I do, I'll tell you why. Cleveland did not deserve this game. They, They have not looked good. We talked about them having a defense that had some interesting parts to it, challenging <laughs> teams. They flat out look bad today. Yeah. But why would that make you look forward to wearing a because Tim Tebow I, Jets jersey? It's one thing if I <laughs> promise to do this, and then Cleveland, as they are wont to do at times, lose on some bizarre call where I feel like, you know, this, did, this could have gone another way. They just flat out, this is how they are in late December. It's shut it down time. Close the curtains. Get ready for spring. Get excited about the draft and the free agency before we shatter your dreams next fall. Mark and I had a conversation downstairs. The The Browns are going to Pittsburgh next week to finish their season. That will likely be a bloodbath. That They will end up at 4-12. and 12. That will be six straight years that the Browns have lost either 11 or 12 games, which is outrageous. 
And I mentioned uh, to Mark, and Mark fought me on this, that Chud, no one's mentioned Chud as a hot seat candidate, and perhaps that's fair because of what he inherited. But from a Browns perspective, there's just no progress here. It's just You're just stuck in neutral forever and ever and ever. Well, wait. What I, I didn't say, hey, Chud has blown the doors off. What I was arguing was that the organization brought Chud in to not just blow it up one year later like they've done over and over and over. There's absolutely literally no... It's not being written about or discussed because it's already known it won't happen this offseason. There's just no question. And, and listen, their, their coordinators have I'm been listening. better than I always they've listen. had in years and years. Do they have I mean, the best passing numbers ever for any team that had three, three quarterbacks start at least three games? They've already gone over 4,000 passing yards, and I think mm. they have... 25 or 26 passing touchdowns. Well, that is also tainted by the fact that they literally do not have a ground game on any level. All they do to move the ball is pass. But with the cast of quarterbacks they have, that is interesting. You should wear... Remember those belts like in the 90s where it was all like loopholes? Do you remember the belts I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the It was like a weave. Yeah, it was of, like a weave. And then you pull it inside of itself. Yeah, and, and then, then you it, pull it inside. And then what happened? They went out of style, and then dads kept wearing them for another 10 yeah. years or so. Mark, I'm, I'm imagining a woman's belt. What is this? Well, that could also be in play. Is there, possi- is there a possibility you could wear one of those 90s belts Maybe with tight, your tucked-in jersey? Tight roll the jeans, too, I feel like would be a good yeah. move. Uh, listen, I... I will carry this through to the end. Whatever you need me to do. I have to wear an ugly Jets hat, too, I believe. You don't have to do that, but oh, if you okay. want to top it off. Um, Wasn't so into and, the hat. And don't worry, Around the League listeners. We will get fo- photographic <laughs> evidence of this and put up put a, put it on Twitter. Right, K. Rich? We're going to take care of that, right? We always take care of Twitter. Thank you, Browns. So. You never know. Maybe he's the Browns quarterback next year. And I'm, and you know, <laughs> and I might, I might put on that Brandon Whedon jersey just for fun too. Maybe we'll get a picture I together. I like that because your team, in other ways, is equally pathetic. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, moving on, Zach Stacy rushed for 104 yards and a touchdown, and two other rookies also had big games for the St. Louis Rams in their 23-13 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stedman Bailey scored on a 27-yard reverse. Alc Ogletree forced two fumbles. Uh, Greg. Is there anything else we need to know about this game? Just the one thing. Robert Quinn set the all-time Rams sack record with three more. Defensive player of the year candidate had another big game. And Tampa's offensive line, I think, is the worst in the entire league overall. Quinn now leads the NFL in sacks. I think he should be defensive player of the year. He's got my vote today. 18 sacks. He's got my vote. Oh, Apparently the Rams wore their throwback jerseys from the 1999 Super Bowl title. Ooh la la. <laughs> NFC West has to be one of the best divisions this year in that any division's been in a long time. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, believe they're 39 and 20 collectively. They're right. unbelievable outside the division. To get that co- sort of record, because think of you got, you're only 500 in the division, so right. to be that good out of the division mm. is amazing. Mark and Greg, I ask you guys because you seemed confident of it two weeks ago. Is Greg Schiano still in good shape to keep his job? Well, I think Greg made a good point, and you have to look again. It's not just. Hey, compared to every other coach, is he good or bad? That organization doesn't knee-jerk. They had to get extremely frustrated with the last coach uh, before they made a move, and I don't think it happens for that reason more than because he's this fantastic coach at his job. Yeah, and they have to play in New Orleans next week. That probably won't go well, but I do think he'd keep his job. Yes. Get him out of there. He's gone. He's gone, right? He's gone. I don't think so. I, not the way that the Bucks operate, no. 
I don't like the way you operate, Mark. Well, listen, I have to introduce some context into this, Dan, not just Dan's wonderful magic kingdom of who stays and who goes. Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Moving on, Tony Romo threw a 10-yard touchdown pass to DeMarco Murray on fourth down with 108 to play on Sunday, giving the Dallas Cowboys a 24-23 win over the Washington Redskins and setting up a winner-take-all regular season finale against the Eagles next week. Um, this is why Tony Romo is impossible to figure out. Last week, he obviously it wasn't all on him. The defense also melted down against the Packers, but Romo threw two late interceptions that sealed their fate. This time around, he saves the Cowboys. He engineers two scoring drives on their last two possessions in the fourth quarter, and then to give the defense some credit, they did make a stand um, uh, with uh, over a minute to play, uh, forced the four and out that clinch the game so the Cowboys just like we all thought would happen it's going to end up in week 17 with it all on the line and now they have to need they need to try to flip the script finally it's not just the last two weeks any football writer any smart fan knows you can make stats say anything Tony Romo is a choker right only Peyton Manning has more game-winning drives since Tony Romo since Romo entered the league in 2006 on the other hand, the Cowboys are 2-11 and in Week 17 since 2001, the worst record in the NFL over that span. And we get the – It's amazing. I mean, it's an annual game for Dallas. Three straight years on Sunday night. Right. It was flex. They announced it at halftime today that that will be the Sunday night game. And and they also had an Eagles-Cowboys game. I don't know if you remember in 2008 where there was a wild card spot on the line. It was not Sunday night. But they've been in these do-or-die games. They've lost every one of them. They've actually lost <laughs> one to – Every NFC East team, they went Eagles, Giants, Redskins, and so now they come back and they lose to the Eagles next week. And Romo bailed out his coach. Jason Garrett, again, was set up for another tidal wave of criticism. Um, his continued reluctance to commit to the run is, is beyond any, any sense of logic. DeMarco Murray was running the ball great. The Cowboys fell behind in the third quarter um, during a time where they refused to hand the ball to Murray. Um, and by the way, DeMarco Murray... This kind of gets lost in the shuffle when we talk about this. Murray's playing the best football of his career right now. He's healthy. He had a huge game today, over 110 total yards, two touchdowns, and the game-winning catch. They have a legit big three there with Romo, Dez, and Murray. They just got to they have to figure out how to make the most of that. And when they do, they'll become a better team. I just don't know if Garrett will ever get it. Yeah, we're, we're a month and a half removed from reports that the Cowboys want to ship Murray out of town. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I don't think they. I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing what we're seeing is they don't something internally. They don't the, trust. The they don't I thought it was more well. about not trusting him to stay healthy, and they wanted another back to compliment him. Versus, sure. Well, I think that trading. does that does have to do with it, but that's a big part of it. And it's so uh, the big three is when everyone buys into that's the big three, and everyone right. killed them for taking Travis Frederick for that first round pick, and he's been probably the biggest part of their run blocking. He's so good. much better this year. I mean, the pa- you talked about it, Chris, last week. The Packers were afraid of their power run blocking <laughs> they scheme. They said their, their zone scheme is the best in the league, according to the Packers, and they were afraid of it. And they basically celebrated when the Cowboys stopped running and said, well, that's what the Cowboys always do. That's why they're the Cowboys. Well, one thing on the Cowboys real quick. This idea that every week, no matter whether they win or lose, the, the eight posts and stories come this are all Tony Romo-based – Wait till Philadelphia's offense gets a chance 
to deal with Monty Kiffin's defense. <laughs> That's the story. 70-burger. That would be a great way to go out. And um, just so you know, we don't need to spend a ton of time on the Redskins, but uh, RG3 needn't worry about Kirk Cousins. Mm. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not a big-time quarterback. He, he, he's a suitable backup. And the Redskins have lost both games. He started both by one point, uh, mind you. But still, it's not like the worst-case scenario for RG3, which would have been Cousin lights it up and the Redskins win all these games. And then all of a sudden you have a whole offseason of ridiculous talk about, you know, what's the best move and Skip Bayless, you know, centering entire summer around that discussion. It won't happen. So, Or the Redskins, who don't have any draft picks, had a chance to market a quarterback to a team stupid enough to make that trade. Well, that's off the table now, well, too. Well, we're going into the final week of the season, and there is still a chance that the Redskins' pick that they traded away for RG3 could be the number one overall pick. If the Texans win next week and the Redskins lose, it's not clinched, but it looks like it would be the Rams holding the number one pick. Dan, weep, yeah. weep not for Skip Bayless. He will find something lame to talk <laughs> about this summer, regardless of what happens. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> Um, and that takes us to the Sunday night game and also the Cowboys' uh, opponent in Week 17, the Philadelphia Eagles, who um, this, is a, this is a statement game in its own right because when you are playing against a team that has everything to play for and you have really nothing to play for, the Eagles were locked into that NFC East showdown next week, and they put up a 50-burger on the, on the Bears who are not even competitive in the game. It tells you a lot about the NFC North which is terrible, and it tells you a lot about how dangerous the Eagles are. And I, I throw it to you, K. Rich, because you got to be feeling real good tonight. I'm feeling amazing. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling like we just – Chip Kelly just came in for this last game, and he implemented that <laughs> upbeat tempo. He We started out amazing. The touchdown, the turnover, and then we just kept on making plays the whole time. And just like you said – it's coming down to week 17 for us. Bears could have clinched, mm-hmm. but they didn't. It's like Oregon-Washington State, and he just keeps scoring. I love that they don't let up at all. Every time I look up, there's a different cowboy with nothing but 60 yards ahead of him going straight to the end zone. <laughs> what a love affair, too. Or different eagle, I mean. What a love affair between Eagles fans and Chip Kelly. It's almost K-Rich as if Seduction Sunday has mm. entered the equation. Ooh. You guys already know it. And you know what? For everyone who doesn't know, we have a little blue room downstairs. That's where I work. And I don't know if it was a Giants fan that painted it blue, but I'm suggesting because of this 50-plus pointer that we painted green. Ooh. Ooh. Eagles Nation, let's go. The green burger. And I have to say, <laughs> the uh, Crystal, you, you know, you're a woman of a thousand haircuts. And you've got a new, a new style here today. Greg, you're such a guy. Thousand haircuts. <laughs> Women don't get haircuts. All right, style. And uh, I see. Okay, Rich, you always go to Pete's barber shop. No. And <laughs> I'm saying it's a little different today. It's a pulled back, but very high in the middle. And maybe I'm wrong. Is it inspired by Connor Barwin's haircut? It feels very <laughs> Connor Barwin like to me. Well, I do have a I do have a high bun. Connor does not have a high bun, but a lot of his hair is in the middle. So I do see what you're saying. Tie, but um. You know, I guess I'll just say thank you with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? All right, so the the Eagles, were, we are all impressed by what they're able to do offensively, and we'll see what they do next week. What about the Bears? What do we take from this? 
that yep. uh, Josh McCown is better for this offense than Jay Cutler? Yeah, you, I, the, I, the, you know, I think Tressman deserves credit because he's stuck by. He's loyal, obviously, to, to Cutler, but you got to go with the hot hand. You're you're heading down the stretch to try to get into the playoffs, and Cutler just did everything just slow down with him in there. It just feels murky. Yeah, but yeah, what about the defensive down. effort? Well, no, I mean, the defense. Look at the defense is a disaster. We already knew that. This is the fourth time they've given up at least 40 points this year. It wouldn't have mattered who was that quarterback. He brought in Josh McCown late in the game when it was a laugher. I doubt he will go back to McCown as a starter next week. But it's going to be a topic all week in Chicago. All right, that does it for Sunday's edition of the Around the League podcast. Mark, by the way, did you, did you want to say anything else about your party experience from last week? Why don't you say it for me? Oh, well, it was, it was a joke. It was a joke. Mark Sessler I was, was extremely well behaved at the party. I felt that I was a gentleman, conversational, got out of there at a decent hour. <laughs> My entire rec- recollection of your performance at the party was you singing the same song over and over again. Yeah, I was in a good mood, and then I, I, got, I had to be at work at 4.50 in the morning. Well, it's award season, and I, and I feel like a nomination is coming for Sessler's performance there. because <laughs> we, we got MVP. A, we got a lot of MVP. tweets. We got a lot of people. We were at your party, yep. Dan, and one of your friends was like, what did Mark do? I mean, everyone was wondering. I got it's a, all because you just sold it, Mark. I got a text from a girl today. So what did Mark do at the party? The other day? <laughs> I was told that Greg sold it because he sounded genuinely... Uh, perturbed yeah. slash disappointed. Mark, I, I, could t- I can tell you Mark is an honest man on balance, but what Mark is also one of the great liars I've ever known. <laughs> well, not a liar. I will always not tell you that. Yes. F- please. You are a liar. Tall tales, You're a deadpan liar. I don't, I don't lie and then stick to it. I'll yeah, come well, up with a like scenario and then like 20 seconds later tell you it's not the case. Right. It's not like a, a character, negative character trait, but you like to tell tall tales. Yeah, I do. In, in, on Tybee, they would call it spinning, spinning a yarn, right? Spin some yarn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the bar. Spin some yarn. <laughs> Um, all right, so we will be back. Uh, when will we be back, Greg? Because I'm going to New York tomorrow. We will be back without Dan in the studio on Tuesday because, hey, it's Christmas Eve. Why not do a podcast? We're in at work anyways. <laughs> yeah, so enjoy enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone that celebrates the holiday. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday and then on Friday, right? Okay, good. So we got a nice big week coming up because uh, week 17 is on the horizon and then the playoffs. So until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, K. Rich behind the glass, Kevin Patrick coming at you. What a crew. Until Tuesday. You know, he's actually, he texted me. He's been listening to us the whole time. I turned his volume down, but I didn't hang up on him. <laughs> Uh, Love you, wait, Kevin. You're such a good guy. Is Kevin, Kevin, there? Are you, Kevin, are you there? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. He wanted to listen to it live while he was doing whatever. Hey. Hey. I can hear you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.